This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Ying.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Halton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest. So who is my guest of this Friday? Well, what I can tell you is Laura Avaleze is an Italian-Canadian author, mother, and real estate agent who has devoted her life to personal growth through positive transformation. Laura has shouldered heavy burdens and unimaginable hardships throughout her life, and in memory of her mother, has dedicated herself to sharing her story to support and to uplift other victims of domestic violence. As the author of four books, including Breaking Barriers, 365 Empowering Stories, and Dreaming Big and Being Bold, Laura uses her inner strength to share the lessons she's learned from abuse, addiction, pain, and forgiveness to empower others to pursue their dreams and to overcome the past. Laura has been featured on several television programs, including CHCH-TV, Morning Live, and various podcasts. Laura is proud to be involved in a documentary which was released in May 2019. With this and future writing projects, Laura continues to shed light on issues of abuse, addiction, and reminds us of the power of forgiveness. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, my friend. How are you today, Laura? I'm fantastic. Thank you, Lisa. How are you? I'm doing very well. I mean, it seems like forever ago we had uh, scheduled to do this and we had had our initial in the background conversations. And I have to say, as I was then, as I am now, I'm just so enamored by your story, your perseverance, the fact that you continually not only show up for yourself, but for everyone else in your plight and your mission of going forward uh, to eradicate all of this and to reinforce the importance of forgiveness. So you've certainly had a lot in which to grapple with the whole concept of forgiveness. So why don't we talk about some of the trials, tribulations, some of the adversity that you yourself have had to overcome in order for forgiveness to be the main uh, message that you choose to impart to the listening audience and to the podcast subscribers. Sure, absolutely. I'd love to share my story with you, Lisa, and um, in hopes that it inspires others to learn the true power of forgiveness. So as a little girl, I saw, you know, quite a bit of abuse uh, happening in my home um, towards my mom. Um, during that time at home in Sicily, I, you know, had um, things happening to me by older men that uh, were inappropriate. Uh, and so uh, my life was not, you know, that um as a child, it just wasn't that happy place from mm -hmm. the moment that I was born. Uh, my dad being an Italian man, uh, Italian men, you know, want their first child to be a son. So there was a little bit of a, apparently disappointment that uh, I was born a girl. <laughs> In any event, uh, growing up, uh, up until the age of nine, I did witness a lot of abuse uh, towards my mom and um my dad uh, was uh, just a just not a, a very nice person, I guess. And 
And he was, when I was nine, I was living with my maternal grandparents in Toronto. They were back in Italy, in Sicily, and uh, where the abuse, you know, continued for my mom, who was only 28 uh, at the time. But um, she was ready to leave the abusive relationship as, you know, some of us women decide that we've had enough and we were ready to move on. And she unfortunately didn't make it. My dad um, ended up murdering her uh, in cold blood uh, in the kitchen while she was doing dishes. And so uh, experiencing that from a very young uh, age, it was uh, very hard uh, growing up and uh, very difficult back in the, in the seventies, we didn't have any, any type of uh, help, especially in our culture. It was, you know, something that you sort of didn't talk about. It was hush hush, obviously being a child, they didn't tell me a lot of things, but I was always this, I think I was always beyond my years as a child. So Mm -hmm. I I always more than I should. And, um, again growing up was uh, from there it just went from one thing to the next uh, I became um, uh, a defiant child I was uh, getting into a lot of trouble in my teenage years uh, ended up with a, a physically abusive boyfriend at the age of 16 and um, and then married into an emotionally and mentally abusive marriage so there was never from the time I was little till I was 29, I had uh, a lot of um, traumatic experiences and tragedies. And mm-hmm. so from you know such a young age, I experienced emotional, mental, physical, you, you know, you name it. I've, I, I've gone through every type of abuse there is. But I believe that in the years that I prayed, and asked for for guidance and asked for help because I certainly didn't want to didn't want to live I even tried taking my life I think I was about 15 16 years old at the time Um, when I was 28 uh, I believe that it was a gift from my mom from heaven and uh, I was um, given a gift of uh, a transformational seminar that I went to it was three days and then I did the intensive and I learned uh, there uh, the power of forgiveness. And, you know, people hold on to so many things uh, on a regular basis, which creates a lot of illnesses in our bodies. Yes. Uh, Yeah. So I had a lot of, um, uh, I had really bad allergies, really bad asthma. And uh, when I went through my forgiveness at the age of 28 29 everything disappeared and it wasn't till recent that I realized my mom was 28 turning 29 when she died with three small children and Hmm. so on that day uh, I was me being nine I lost my mom my dad and my brother uh, who was not given to my maternal grandparents uh, for custody Um, In any event, when I went through my forgiveness, it really sparked a completely different world for me. It changed my life completely. And ever since then, I've continued to use the gifts that I've received. I've certainly gone through a lot of other issues throughout my life. But who says life is perfect, right? And I just believe that everything we're given, we're given to become stronger. And Today, I feel (laughs) so strong, so amazing, and I have one passion, and that's to get my word out, that's to get my message out, that forgiveness, you can really create a positive, amazing, and have the greatest life that you can possibly think of if you decide and choose to go through that forgiveness at some point in your life, whether it's from a small thing or a big thing like mine, right? Absolutely. Well, Laura, there's a couple of things I want to say to that. Um, You know, and as I said to you, when we first, you know, had the opportunity and the pleasure and the honor of of connecting before coming onto the live airwaves here is I really one, I mean, there's no way of, of properly adequately expressing my wholehearted condolences to you for your loss. Uh, And you had loss upon loss upon loss. Um, 
particularly under those uh, heinous set of circumstances. But what I will also say to you, too, is the fact that you triumphed and the fact that for something as life-altering as that was, which would take most people, um, people would not be able to emotionally survive from that. Uh, that's already happened in real life. Uh, we know that the psyche can only handle so much. Um, and the residuals that people are grappling with and, and the scars that that indelibly leaves uh, on your imprint of who you are, your soul going forward. So the fact that forgiveness was something that was very paramount to you, did you innately know that forgiveness was going to release you of this no. and get you on the healing journey? Or was it something that was impressed upon you based on religion or no. spirituality? No, it was one of those transformational weekend courses you take, like, you know, where they teach you about meditation and how to take mm -hmm. care of yourself from the inside out. Uh, being Italian, I was very sheltered. So I never even knew that this stuff like that existed. Mm -hmm. And so it was my mother-in-law at the time who had done the course. And I said, wow, I said, if, if I could do something like that, you know, because she said, if everybody in the world had took this course, we would have a, a different world. And so in the weekend course, I, you know, they do a, a briefing on, on forgiveness. And I certainly couldn't forgive at that moment. But when I mm -hmm. did the intensive, which is a six day overnight retreat, it was a very intense um, uh, uh, session that we go through forgiveness uh, with mom and dad is what they do. And I don't know um, if you've ever seen the movie by uh, Wayne Dyer, where he's at the grave of his dad mm -hmm. and he forgiveness there and then sees his father standing there. Well, for me, I was this 28 year old sitting on a chair going through this forgiveness with my eyes closed. And I swear, Lisa, my body, I felt like was being lifted when I finished this, this um, forgiveness. Wow. Like, I felt like my entire body was being lifted. So it was almost like 2 million pounds just came off my, my body. And then what I visualized and saw, like, and I, you know, I meditate, but I, I'm not one of those people that can see when I meditate. Um, mm -hmm. And I saw this little girl in pigtails, which I have a picture of the exact thing that I saw. And I was holding my mom and my dad's hands. And we oh. were, it was all grass and it was trees. And all I saw was the three of us, like our backs. And we were just walking towards, it was almost like a light, you know, it was, I got goosebumps wow. talking about it. I've got, I've got goosebumps <laughs> listening to you talk about it. Wow. Like that's so profound. Swear, that was my, that was my experience of forgiveness. And I didn't, I, at that time, I still didn't know what was happening or what changes would occur from there. And then. After I went home, I learned how to meditate and I learned how to write in a grateful journal and I would journal every day. And those in those days, um, my teachers were people like Zig Ziglar, um, mm -hmm. Wayne Dyer, and I was upset. I never ever, I've read two books in my entire 29 years at the time and I became this avid reader and I couldn't get enough. Deepak Chopra books were falling on my lap and Marianne mm -hmm. Williamson and a return to love and it just and from then on I've just been on this major journey I have had again downfalls like you know in later in years and stuff where I suffered a massive depression but what I can say to that is that um you know I I had the tools and I knew how to get myself up quicker than someone that doesn't have the tools or before I had the tools if you um yeah. understand what I'm trying to say I so, do you know, like life, we still have to, we still go through life and we still have challenges. But for me, what I believe is, is that now I handle things way differently, you know, mm -hmm. uh, well, my grandfather. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. My grandfather who raised me, my mom's dad, um, you know, I, I just, if he was here, I would hug him big time. Him and I never got along, but near his, his death, we got along great because because of my forgiveness. And uh, he ultimately at 72 uh, committed suicide. And at that point, it was just after I had done all my courses and stuff. And at that point, I was so healthy in body, mind and spirit, that I was able to release him and say, Okay, you're now out of pain. And, 
you know, I hope you're free, right? And it was such an amazing experience just to have even with my grandfather um, in his room um, in the hospital in his, with his last breath that he took. Beautiful. Well, let me ask you this, Laura, because I mean, we can only ever speak from our own experiences, but for your work and interfacing with people around your pivotal message as it, as it pertains specifically to forgiveness, um, what do you say to the person who vacillates in and out of forgiveness? And what I mean by that is somebody who understands that it's the gift that you give yourself first and foremost, right? So when you're not carrying around the shackles, you're not carrying around the pain, you can surrender it, you can release it. So people who can conceptualize, uh, particularly those who are even involved in our bodies of work within personal growth, personal development, those who truly at certain points perhaps have reached a point where they feel that they have truly forgiven but then something like a trigger comes up or they realize that because of the person who they have forgiven in any particular moment was the one who is responsible for having perhaps taken away somebody else, as is the case for you with your mother, you know, things like Mother's Day or your children being denied a grandparent because of somebody else's culpability. Like, so for people what is your understanding or your own insights or perception as it relates to forgiveness? Can you say that you've truly forgiven if you're still grappling with the in and outness of it? Absolutely. It's it, it, I mean, life, life challenges happen to all of us and yes, or how much forgiveness you go through, but what, so I went through the forgiveness with my father, but, I don't, ha I don't hold on to, and people that know me say, how can you just let that go? Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't hold on to resentment, anger. Um, I still, obviously I get frustrated. Obviously I have life challenges, but the true forgiveness is within and it's in my heart. And so like my dad is, is alive. He lives in Italy. He has a wife and children and grandchildren and there's, you know, I did invite him back into my life back then for a little while until I realized he wasn't being a dad. But I've, I don't, when I was growing up, I had hatred, hatred to the point where my sister and I used to talk about, we wanted to see him suffer. Mm -hmm. We wanted to him be tortured. Those feelings are not there when you go through real forgiveness. You do get maybe sometimes like I'll get upset, not upset, but like, just like, wow, you know, he's breaking bread with his family. And my kids and I have not been able to do that in our lives. My, like, I still, at my age, I still cry. I miss my mom. Like, I have pictures of her. And, and you know, sometimes I'll, you know, if I'm, I'm thinking about her, I'll cry and miss her and crave her, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't, I'm not, I'm not angry. Like, I'm not um, resentful. I'm not angry. I'm not hating. So I guess mm -hmm. a good word you know, that hatred that you have for someone is no longer there. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, well, let me, let me ask you, Laura, because the listeners would be interested to know, um, you know, particularly for the cultural aspect, Sicily, Italy, for how many years ago this would have transpired. Did your dad, was your dad um, incarcerated? For four years. He got four years four years and like he shot my mother like in cold blood but uh, my father was part of at, at the time apparently part of well it's common knowledge it's been in the papers that he was uh, a mafia man so my understanding is that he was well behaved and the mafia got him out whether those wow. are true words or not I don't know but that's what I heard um but he went on to get yeah, uh, uh, they get into trouble again years later where, you know, smuggling drugs and stuff from Italy to Canada. So he's, he's been in, in jail a few other times uh, after that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you know. And did you ever, so two questions, did you bear witness to your mom having been murdered? I was living in Canada with my maternal grandparents, so I did not. My okay. seven-year-old brother saw her on the floor. What I did see is in Italy, they do the autopsy uh, in the home. And so 
they stripped my mom down to her just her underwear and took photos and put them in a newspaper oh uh, with her eyes open and blood everywhere. And I saw that as a nine-year-old child. Laura. So, yes. <laughs> uh, <oof. laughs> that's, a, that's a tough one always every time. <laughs> Ooh, sorry. Yes. No, don't apologize. I mean, I don't know anybody um, who wouldn't be still impacted by that. But, you know, I, I honestly really want to truly say that uh, the the forgiveness um who I am today like I'm a very light and easy going person and I had a, a broker one one time one guy went in and complained about me about something and you know what he said to her if you can't get along with Laura you can't get along with anybody <laughs> wow so that was a very powerful statement because yes. you know it, it, people are there's always obviously going to be people that like me and don't like me or whatever but I'm if you genuinely get to know me, uh, mm -hmm. I'm very easygoing. I've got a huge heart, and um, but that comes from the the struggles and the traumas. And you know, I was scared to have children, you know, mm -hmm. on how they would turn out. But I can proudly say that I have two amazing kids. Um, Beautiful. You know, for a long time, I didn't give myself the pat on the back that I was a part of that. And people are like, Laura, you're the mom. You have everything to do with it. So now yes. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Beautiful. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm really proud of uh, that and my accomplishments. I mean, now I just, you know, I, I've, I think I've sabotaged myself for a few years and trying to get my message out, but I'm really becoming more vocal by doing a lot more um, you know, TV stuff and books. I'm going to be in another, my fifth book coming up. Last year, I was uh, nominated for the Toronto uh, Waterfront Award, and Beautiful. I actually won the um, People's Choice Award. So that was congratulations! Yeah, thank you. I was really that that one there just kind of you know stopped me on my on my toes, and I thought to myself, "Wow, Laura, you really have accomplished that, you know, and you should be proud." And I do. I write in a grateful journal every day. I do mm -hmm. want to say that you know, I continue to, to like, if someone has done something like uh, years ago, I had a best, best friend betray me and do things. And I was extremely upset, extremely hurt. I, it was destroying me. And I just, I know how to go into my meditation room and I, and I do my forgiveness cycle. Sometimes it happens in one session. Sometimes I have to do it. You know, it might take me a week or two weeks or whatever it takes until I don't feel, um, you know, the, the hurt and the, mm -hmm. and the, you know, the, the resentment and stuff like that. So once I let that go, everything is good. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, I just want to say outside of your tangible accolades and what you've achieved for yourself, which is remarkable in itself, given the backstory that you have so candidly, so vulnerably uh, shared with us, which I appreciate. Um, but I, I think I would speak for the listeners and the podcast subscribers and anybody who is tuning into your story here. The fact that this didn't destroy you, I think that's the biggest accomplishment in and of itself. Uh, because people would uh, go under for far less. And people have gone on record as saying, I should have been able to overcome that. I should have been able to recalibrate my mindset. I should have through therapy, self-help books, uh, mentors, coaches, I should have been able to get myself into a much different position than the once upon a time. But some people can never uh, get out from underneath that. I think for what you've endured and for loss upon loss and even having it within you to get to a point where you are not only capable of genuine forgiveness, but that you embarked upon wanting that, needing that, see, seeing that as part and parcel of your healing journey uh, and knowing that that's by and large the gift that you give yourself. So as to release yourself and live the life going forward that you can create for yourself, one that you definitely do deserve, one that you're definitely worthy of. Uh, in spite Thanks. of all your losses. So I, I just want to say your indomitable spirit, that's what's inspiring to me. Not how many books, not how many Absolutely. awards. Uh, that's all secondary. I think mm -hmm. the fact that you 
have not taken your own life, which I would never encourage anyone to do for whatever their set of circumstances. Um, but people would be able to appreciate the mindset of how that would be possible for someone, you know, somebody who is, you know, can't get out of bed every day. Um, mm. you know, people who do turn to addictions, but never, outgrow addictions or seek the therapy they need to, uh, to get out from underneath that abyss. So mm. I just want to say, I am most impressed by you first and foremost, by your indomitable spirit. That's what's most Thank inspiring. Thank you. And, and let me tell you, there were times where, you know, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you what kept me alive was my kid. Yes. Knowing, knowing the pain that I've suffered and knowing the pain I would leave to my two children, had I taken my life. Mm -hmm. And that is, and I, you know, I got into major uh, drinking. So, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't say that I was an alcoholic. But yet, when I look today, I'm like, wow, that was bad. And people say, you know, my book has me with a beautiful outfit on the beach with a bottle of champagne. But what I can tell people is that with any addiction, um, it controls you, mm -hmm. or you control it. And so I've learned uh, the power of knowing how to control things. I continue to transform my body at this age. And, you know, I mean, anything I put my mind to, I do know that I can do it. And it's just, yeah, I have that willpower. And I, um, and, but I want what I, what I, I'm not, I'm sharing that because I, I want people to know that we can all achieve any level of success, meaning, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, mm -hmm. if we just take the time to practice on a daily basis, it doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. I have a morning routine every single day, every single day. And I get up, it's the gym, I, I meditate, I've just started a new meditation in December, that's a, another life changing experience that I'm having. And, you know, I pray and I write in a grateful journal. Um, and I tell people, people say, I don't have time. You know what? Like there's 24 hours in a day, find the time to take half an hour for yourself. It will mm -hmm. change your life. And when Absolutely. I stop meditating, my life falls apart. Mm -hmm. When I went through my depression, it was because I got too comfortable after 10 years of doing it that I stopped mm -hmm. and my life started to fall apart again. I can appreciate that. I can mm. appreciate that. Right. Uh, and that makes absolute sense because you honed a discipline muscle that was not only empowering and uplifting for you, but it was part of the healing journey. It was part of the recipe for what you needed to continuously do to stay on the straight and narrow so that you didn't go down the rabbit hole again. Mm -hmm. Right. So let me ask you this, Laura. So because you also wear the hat as realtor and, you know, you're interfacing with people all the time. And we know that, you know, people who are uncoupling, divorcing with or without children, we're 50 percent of the demographic. So although professionally you wouldn't be going around necessarily disclosing to a woman who you knew who had disclosed to you. Uh, I'm looking for a smaller home. Me and my partner have, uh, you know, we've uncoupled, we've divorced, whatever the case may be. Your field of resonance would be so penetratable for people who could relate to you, even without the 3D communication. But I really believe that energy attracts energy and people can intuitively pick up on other people's experiences. Um, have women who have utilized you as their realtor, who perhaps have parallels in their story for why they're needing you to help them find a house, either as a result of domestic abuse or, or whatever the case may be. Have you been, in, have you found yourself in that career hat of so having those? It, it, yeah, it's, it's funny you, uh, you say that and ask that. So I have two identities. Um, I have Laura Belak, the realtor, Mm -hmm. And I have Laura Avaleze, the author and speaker and motivator. Mm -hmm. um, I do not talk about my story uh, when I'm when I'm working real estate. Right. If somebody, if you know, with, with social media now, somehow they seem to because I have two two Facebook accounts, two Instagram accounts. 
And so they end up finding somehow seeing me or finding me on the Laura Avalese. And I'm like, oh no, another <laughs> client's adding me. And it's just like, I just go, oh man, right? Because I just don't know how people, I've, I haven't put myself that way out there with my business. So I don't know how people relate or react to that. Yeah. Um, but I just recently sold a house to a young couple from Toronto moving to the Hamilton area <clears throat> and they were a referral from uh, a realtor friend of mine back in the 80s because I've been in the business since the 80s and I started in Toronto so uh, those connections are still there for me and obviously they knew about my story and my book so <laughs> he says you know she's kind of creeped you out on uh, <laughs> on the yeah. on but I thought, no problem. So when I went to give them their client gift, it's the first time I've ever, uh, or maybe not the first time, but only to others that I've asked for it, that I've known, mm -hmm. it, that mm -hmm. I actually gave them my book. And, you know, she was super excited to receive my book and to, to she said she was going to read it. So I, I don't mix that uh, as of yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I haven't uh, really figured out if that's good or bad. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I've always been one who errs on the side of whatever platform that's available to you. And I mean, I, my area is more predominantly just solely media. So whether right. it be speaking, whether it be my own books, blogs, radio, podcasting, you know, so it all makes sense because I think the people who are the most vulnerable, the people who uh, can really comfortably bravely put themselves out there therefore being the living breathing talking example of allowing other people to have the permission in which to do the same for whatever it is they're going through or healing from or bouncing back from mm -hmm. um but i can understand i can appreciate when you wear those two distinctly different hats and not everybody who's in the market for a realtor or a house comes with those set of circumstances where it would be seemingly appropriate Right. So I get that. But we also know that a good portion of people who are looking for houses with children, particularly if they're single moms, we know statistically based it's because they're fleeing domestic violence or they've they've encountered some level of violence or some type of life altering circumstance uh, where they had to exit that home or that marriage or that relationship. So in, in some respects, I could see it being a good synergistic fit, but I guess you're kind of, you would have to suss out taking the cue from your, your client, from the realtor standpoint in order to know how to navigate that. Right. <clears throat> right. I like, I mean, I do a lot of, I try to get out there and get involved in the community and stuff. So I'm, I volunteer now for the Halton Women's Shelter, which is, is amazing because, um, you know, at, at, like for, for my mom, there, there wasn't such thing, right? Especially mm -hmm. for our culture, even if there was, there was no such thing. So it, it, I'm really proud to be a part of that association today. Beautiful. Uh, they're doing, and I'm hoping that, I know I've, I've been invited to talk um, I was on one of the TV shows that one of the girls has growing up in an abusive home. And, you know, as I said before, my passion is to inspire people that you don't need, there's, there's no, no one should live. I can't believe that it's 2020 and we're still hearing about uh, abuse to women and children, um, whether it's physical or sexual. I, it just, I just mm -hmm. don't. Get it, and I've got to be a voice for those people, for the women yeah. and the children that are going through that, and for them to know that you're you'll be okay. You just have to get the uh, right help, and you know, uh, do what you need to do. When I left my husband, I left him with nine hundred dollars in the bank, and that's all I had. He closed the account. Uh, I left with just you know they say the man leaves with the clothes on his back i left with just the bare minimum that i needed to leave that house yeah and i just I, I walked out i had no job mm. uh i was 29 years old i had no job i had 900 dollars. i had nowhere to go and you know i found myself having to go to welfare which i i thought to myself i'm not gonna feel bad or embarrassed about this because he's not giving me anything and i have to feed myself 
and I have mm-hmm. to feed my children. And you Absolutely. know, it took me two months. It, I left them in November. So I thought, you know what? I'm not going to look for a job December because who's going to hire in December. But I'll tell you, I hit the I hit the pavement in January and I got myself two part-time jobs. Eventually, I ended up getting a full-time job as a manager at a, a, a business center. And, you know, so my life started to change. And it was, mm-hmm. a, it was really incredible that I was moving up on my own. And people say, see, the problem is that women are afraid because what am I going to do? I have no money or, you know, he's not going to be able to survive without me. Trust me, the good Lord will take care of you. You just got to do something. (laughs) It will happen. You're the subject that you're talking about is is near and dear to my heart too because once upon a time in my prior vocation for 25 years in senior management the last held position I had because uh, I've worked with various populations of people in need but it was women and children fleeing domestic violence and mm. um so you know what you're saying is so crucially important because a lot of the women who were fleeing their partners in their abusive relationships with or without their children in many cases english was not their first or second language they had no access to monies they had no uh, documentation no health cards no nothing on their person and in many cases didn't even have uh, a high school diploma like they had nothing uh they were so so um predominantly dependent upon the abuser and that was part of the reluctance for having departed the relationship sooner when it was already initially warranted uh but because it was those types of fears and those types of situations and circumstances that ran through their mind it's like how am i ever going to function how am i ever going to reinvent myself well when it comes down to safety which is first and foremost you know, there's always an answer. There's always going to be resources. There's always going to be somebody who's going to help navigate you in the direction to get your needs filled. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's never going to happen if you die at the hands of your partner, which is always a possibility. And we know that happens uh, more often than it should. So I just want to applaud you once again, Laura, because you had so many things working against you. Uh, Your whole self dialogue could have talked you out of Uh, Mm -hmm. departing situations or even not embracing forgiveness. I mean, who would you be today had you not embraced forgiveness or had not left your... Exactly. I wouldn't be here. That's right. Sadly to say, I probably wouldn't be here because I know what I I was going through. I know what I felt. Mm -hmm. And it was unbearable. The pain was unbearable. I mean, I couldn't breathe properly. I mean, it was just... And I just got to say, I thank my ex mother in law <laughs> and i and I thank my mother in heaven, who I believe you know was part of this and i be- and I believe that God gave me that chance and i you know and I believe that he's given me all these challenges so I could be that voice today, and as you said, because so many people you know don't don't turn out that well sometimes a lot of people mm-hmm. i mean everybody's medicated today. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've always refused to be medicated. Um, I don't believe in it for myself. I believe that our, our head, our, our, our mind is way stronger than having a medication. And it just, anytime I, I try to be careful with my words, but when yes. I, when people or friends tell me that they're medicated, I'm like, please, can you just try this for 30 days? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah. Not, Thirty days. That's it. Mm-hmm. I promise. I promise. You'll, it'll change. It'll make a difference. The problem is everybody wants things now, so they don't stick through. Oh, but I tried meditating for how long? A week. Well, no. You mm-hmm. got to keep doing it. My ex mother in law introduced me to a new meditation this past December, and now I've been an avid meditator since since the nineties uh, when I learned how to forgive. And, uh, but this meditation has taken me to a completely different level. And so I haven't missed one day. I go morning and night. It's 20 minutes in the morning, 21 minutes at night, whatever it is. It is completely again, changing my life because it's bringing me closer towards my, um, my, um, my sole purpose. And that's the passion that I have in helping people. 
So Fantastic. the more I get to store to places like, you know, doing this podcast on your show, doing a TV show over there, the more people I can get in front of, the more people I know I'm going to help. And that's Absolutely. only that's the only thing I want. Whether it's it's paid or not paid, I just want to help people. And Beautiful. because the suffering is just too much. And you know, lying in bed with crystals in my hand and with prayers and begging, begging, please, please help me is mm -hmm. not something I want to hear people are doing in their beds. <laughs> right, right. Well, and you said something there that was quite key around medication. And I can understand you wanting to tread lightly because there are people who would be tuned into the show who may in fact be on medication. Uh, and there's different schools of thought with any subject matter that I bring to the live airwaves uh, between myself and my guest of each week. Um, but the one thing is to, yes, I mean, to, to catapult uh, true growth, true expansion and, and, to, and for true clarity to be possible, you can't do it in a mind numb state. Right. And I think mm -hmm. that's where you were coming from, too, because. A lot of people, whether it's addictions based on alcohol, sex, uh, gambling, whatever the addiction or the affliction might be, it's it's not because people want to numb themselves necessarily. It's because they just can't continuously endure the pain. But you do have to go if you really want to get out from underneath that. You've got to feel the pain. You've, I, you really do have to feel the pain, but you can still lighten the load of that by getting assistance either through a therapist or a gratitude journal or, a, you know, like a support group. Um, there, I mean, there's a whole, we live in 2020, so resources are abound, they're plentiful, they're out there. Um, you know, we live in the, the day and age of education and awareness, so unless you're committed to putting your head in the ground and, and still living in a state of denial, the resources do exist. Mm -hmm. They sure Absol do. Absolutely. So, Laura, I want to give you an opportunity for the benefit of the listeners and the podcast subscribers and for anybody else who might be tuning in who's completely inspired by you and sees you as a good fit for their media outlets, their platforms, or they want to invite you to be a speaker on their stage or they want to read uh, your books. How can people connect with you and where can people buy your books? Um, sure. So, I mean, my book is available on Amazon. It's called Breaking Barriers. Mm -hmm. um, and it, for those that are baseball fans, Todd Stoudemire, um, who was the Blue Jays pitcher, uh, wrote my foreword. But it wow. is on Amazon in many different countries. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, he's an incredible human. And mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, you can go to Amazon. My website has a lot of information. I keep adding to it. Uh, and that is www.laura, L-A-U-R-A, Avalese, A-V-O-L-E-S-E.com. And you can um, go on, on my website. You can uh, message me through there. There's lots of uh, places that I've, uh, like one of the interviews from the Health and Women's is there. Uh, other interviews that I've been on on TV shows. So lots of information on my website. Instagram, Facebook, I'm Laura Avaleze on everything. If you just Google that, uh, you'll find me. And I would love to connect. I would love to uh, anybody that is listening and has a platform that I can share my message. Please call me. <laughs> I would and love we, to be a guest on your show. And if people want to reach out to you in the capacity of you being their realtor, is there a different alternative contact information associated with that? Yes. That would be Laura Belak, and the last name is B as in Bob, I-E-L-A-K. And uh, again, if you Google that name, um, I'm, I'm all over Google, so you, you'll find me, <laughs> one or the other. <laughs> Fantastic. And so, Laura, I mean, you unpacked a lot of, uh, I mean, everything that we talked about here was a wealth of knowledge. It was educational. It was inspirational. It was transformational. Uh, but if there was one specific takeaway or breakthrough that you would hope would most penetrate and resonate with the listening audience and the podcast subscribers, what out of all that you've said or have not as of yet said, would you want to impress upon the listening audience? I'm going to keep saying what I continue to say is forgiveness, whether it's, you know, the guy that cut you off across uh, driving your car this morning or whether it's to forgive yourself, um, 
that is probably the one of the biggest gifts you can give yourself. So there's two things, there's that and meditation. Those two things are extremely, extremely life-changing. If you don't do anything else, but even just to start meditating, um, the forgiveness will come through that as well. Just those two things, honestly, will definitely change people's lives. Beautiful. And And I can say that because I've been through it for, uh, I don't know, 25 years. <laughs> I've been through that for 25 years and I use both forgiveness and meditation. Use them both. Trust me. <laughs> well, I think for how extremely well you've remarkably turned out and, and for your backstory, I think you are truly a leading authority and expert on this subject matter. Really. Um, now clearly you embody what it means to live fearlessly, uh, but it means something different to each person. So I never make the presumption that what it means to me is what it means to somebody else. But what does living fearlessly mean to you specifically, Laura? So, you know, for me, I don't worry about hardly anything. (laughs) And, um, people are right now trying to get, I'm going away next week and people are trying to put that fear in me of, you know, the, the virus that's going around, just, you know what, live your life. What I believe is that we, my grandmother always said to me, we all have a destiny. And so, you know, if you're a believer or not, whatever, when your time is up, it's up. And so Mm -hmm. I live my life, honestly, from the edge of my seat. If somebody calls me tonight to say, Hey, let's go like away tomorrow for the weekend. If my schedule is clear, I'm (laughs) like, I don't hesitate. I'm not one of those that I've got to do research. I just like, I want to be there. Yes, I'm going. I've gone skydiving. I got to give you a quick little funny story. Um, You know, I thought maybe I would, you know, do one of my bucket list things. And it wasn't on the bucket list, but I like to say it as a joke. But, you know, I was having fun with friends. We went to uh, a wine tours in Niagara Falls, and I decided that I wanted to ride the mechanical bull. Well, <laughs> I rode that mechanical bull, and when I fell, that mechanical bull broke my ankle real badly. Oh, jeez! <laughs> and I ended up with surgery and a plate and six screws. And but you know what? It was an experience, and you know, like it was a freak experience. But I had fun being on that. <laughs> That's awesome. And it makes for good storytelling, does it not? Absolutely. When people ask me and I tell them, they start howling. (laughs) So I don't mean to laugh. I don't know. It's funny. (laughs) It is funny. I'm laughing at myself. Feel free to laugh alongside me. (laughs) Well, yeah, I, I, my, my dream is that all children are treated with love and respect and given the opportunity to live their own conscious choices. Now, I am a powerful, loving, intelligent, and limitless woman forever. And Ooh. that's my mantra. So love I'm that. definitely limitless, and I love being limitless. It's, you know, it's it just, I, I, I would, you know, I mean, the day that I, day I'm gone, I would love to hear my obituary because <laughs> it's going to say, wow, that girl knew how to live. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I love that, Laura, and I think for the ways that you're choosing, and again, I underscore that it is a choice. I say that everywhere, right? Once upon a time, perhaps when you were the nine-year-old girl who was, you know, subjected to all of this and, uh, you know, you didn't necessarily have your voice at the time, but when you get to this age, stage in life, and trust me, none of us come out unscathed, but for the ways in which we execute, navigate, seek the help, get on the path of healing, get on the path of forgiveness, all of those things, which are again, under the umbrella of choice, we can certainly transition the whole trajectory of not only our outlook, not only our mindset, but the quality and the caliber of the trajectory of our future going forward. That is a choice. We don't need to let whatever has happened once upon a time dictate the parameters for the type of life we can seek out for ourselves. That is the truth. Yes, and you, de- you, you demonstrate that, you embody that, uh, and the fact that you've got the incredible sense of humor and, and the, the lust for life that you do and the sense of adventure that you do. I mean, I'm totally in awe of you. I think you're just one of the most amazing women and human beings I've ever encountered, truthfully. And I've encountered a lot of amazing people. 
Thank you. That is so awesome. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> well, thank you for the gift of you, your time, your message. It's certainly a, a powerful and a profound one. Um, and I just want to say you're always welcome to come back to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald because knowing you, you're going to have a plethora of additional stories. You're going to have more books. You're going to have more content. You're going to have a whole plethora of other things that you would want to impress upon the listening audience and share with the global audience. So uh, please know that you're always welcome back here, Laura, truthfully. And I'm looking forward to you and I having coffee because because it's not very often I'm geographically positioned in close proximity to my guests. So you and I are going to be capitalizing on a face-to-face -face and huge hugs. Um, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But unfortunately, we got to wrap up here. But I do want to say once again, thank you to you, Laura. Uh, and I do want to thank once again the global loyal listeners and the podcast subscribers for also taking time out of your busy schedule to join myself and Laura today here on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. I'm extremely clear on my purpose, which is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. Until next Friday, when we're joined by yet another phenomenal guest, I would like to wish you a safe, fearless weekend. Love and gratitude to all of you and to you as well, Laura. Thanks so much. You too. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and AHA That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero, be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.